Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. Hi there, it's Andrew here, and um, today we're going to talk about a topic in relation to mental health, and hopefully I can give some useful tools that, that I've been taught over my my career that may benefit some of you. Um, but anyway, just thought I would share with you a crazy couple of weeks at my end, uh, for those of you that have kids and travel and have children that are unwell when you travel. Um, that's been my situation the last week or so. I've, I've been up at Port Douglas. So I went up there with my wife for a wedding and our little boy, Oscar, decided to get the flu. And I tell you what, oh, not, not quite depression, but woo, talk about stress levels. Uh, Rick Descarling trying to help him relax and, and try to enjoy a wedding as much as possible. But anyway, beautiful spot up there at Port Douglas in Queensland, but made it definitely more challenging um, with, with a young boy uh, who wasn't overly happy. And then to top it all off, uh, we got back from the, from the wedding and, and my, my fault, but I left a little thing of Nurofen in my computer bag. I had to buy the Nurofen to uh, take away the headaches for myself and my wife, Sonia, whilst, um, whilst we're up at Port Douglas. And my dog decided to pull this little patch of Nurofen out of my computer bag and consume five Nurofen. So I actually was off doing some exercise and I got home uh, to find the dog very unwell on the couch and I picked it up and it was literally unconscious. I, I thought I thought it had been bitten by a snake. And uh, anyway, I had to rush this poor dog off to, to the vet where it spent the remainder of the, the last week pretty much in intensive care, uh, being kept alive. So we're very lucky that she survived. But uh, yeah, interesting times and, and very much... Uh, another layer of stress when things like this happen. But definitely not an example of depression. Stress, yes. Depression, no. Um, But I really want to talk about depression. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and and say that I'm an expert on this topic because I'm definitely not. I'm not a doctor. And for anyone that's got clinical depression, then you really do need to speak to a doctor because I'm not, I'm not an expert in, in, this, in this world at all. But I thought I could share with you a, a part of my life where I certainly believed I was very depressed and I was taught some very, very useful tools that guided me through this situation that may or may not add value and benefit you. And look, I, I personally find being a business owner and being a business coach that I experience these depressed thinking regularly. The, 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 the things that I'm about to talk about, they, they pop their head up from time to time on a regular occurrence. And, and I see it more often than you would imagine with many of my clients and I think this is because running a business is a stressful game. It's hard work and it is exhausting and there's a lot of pressure that we carry as business owners. So it doesn't take much to tip us 
into feelings of depression and feelings of overwhelm and feelings of anxiety. So, uh, again, the tools that I'll, I'll take you through, these five tools, have, have very much benefited me. And I can come back to these tools and apply these tools when these feelings pop their head up. And, and I feel that, yeah, I be, I've been battling on and off with this for, for 20 odd years. So, or maybe even longer. But, but I just wanted to give some context behind depression. And when I first really experienced it, and I'm going to walk you through the tools. So, some context I, I grew up on a farm in New South Wales. My father was a an amazing dad. I was very, very fortunate, and I'm certainly not using this as any reason or excuse for anything at all, but I, I, I did grow up in a, in a tough household. My father was a Vietnam War veteran. He, he was um, subscribed. Uh, he, he was drawn out of the hat. Uh, what's it called? I can't get the word. But anyway, he was. He didn't want to go to war, but he his his name was pulled out of the hat and off to the Vietnam War. He went at the age of nineteen, and he had a very horrible experience. He was there for six months, and then I came along maybe five years after after this, four or five years uh, when he returned from Vietnam. And my when I was a young child, my father was experienced a very very severe case of post traumatic stress syndrome PTSD and it was intense so little things would trigger my father very easily he would get angry very very easily little tiny things would cause him stress Uh, I can remember an example where I was fixing the ute one day because it had a flat battery and I was jumping it with another ute and I put the positive on the negative and the negative on the positive and as a result I blew one of the batteries up in the car and Dad just completely lost it. Like for him, that was a life or death situation. I didn't understand it at the time, but that just caused him to go into meltdown, like very screaming, couldn't handle it, you know, red, red in the face and just very angry. Um, and Dad was never physical with us. I mean, I certainly had my fair share of being smacked with the wooden spoon. So it wasn't so much physical, but it was definitely a lot of verbal anger, high levels of stress. Um, and and more often than not, it, it was so extreme that I, you know, myself and my siblings would run away from home all the time. And my mother wrote a book many years later called "Walking on Eggshells," and that and she didn't release the book, but that would be a great summary as to my upbringing and my brother's upbringings. We, we were very, all of us were very scared. When's Dad going to lose it? Uh, when when's he going to flip out? And 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 it was just constant worrying and constant feeling of stress. And as a result, looking back on that childhood, I was forever living in in what's called fight or flight because I'm never feeling quite secure or safe. And by the way, these these things only came to. I, I really only understood these things later on in life, um, which I'll, I'll I'll share with you because it's one of the the tools that I've had from dealing with with depression. And so. I remember from a very early age, um, I always thought that dad thought I was a loser because nothing was ever done well enough. And I always wanted to prove my dad wrong that I am someone of worthiness. So so I would try extra hard, right? I would always put my, my body under stress at sports. Um, I would always study harder than anyone else. And I always had this attitude of, I'm going to prove you wrong, you, you bugger. Like I, I, I was very angry with my father, a lot of my upbringing, because of the way he was. And, and I really wanted to do everything the opposite to, to my father. Interesting enough, 
Fast forward to today, I have a very, very healthy relationship with my father. I've healed enormous, enormously with my relationship with dad, and, and, and dad's now a very um, healthy person. He's dealt a lot with his P- PTSD. But there's, there's no question that dad um, was uh, very low, uh, very stressed, um, could have could have been serious depression, for example, suicidal at times, but and and very very lucky. I feel very blessed that that he's still here with us today. So it was intense and very very intense for my my dear mother. Um, and again, this is not this is not for a sloppy story, but this is the, some context to help you understand when I had my first big bout of of, of I believe depression and. Really, that, that occurred for me when I was around, oh, look, I, I can't give you the exact age, but it was in my young 20s. I made the decision to, to go into business because I was going to prove Dad wrong, and I chose the, the world of coaching. And it's interesting, right, because I, I think I became a coach to heal myself. Like It's funny, right? I, I was drawn to this world of, of helping other people, but when I look back on it, I really think it was... I was drawn to the career of coaching to heal myself. To, and I think a lot of people are drawn to these, these areas in life that, that we most need, need help on. I, there's a great saying, the gold's in your dirt. A lot of people get drawn to what, what their dirt is because that's what they need to focus on to heal. It becomes their mission in life, if you like. So, so I got into the world of coaching, but I've shared this on another podcast before. I uh, hit, a, hit a stage in my career where nothing was working. I was $300,000 in debt and I was very dark and gloomy. And by the way, nothing, there was zero thoughts coming up around my father at this stage. It was just wasn't working out for me. And I was very dark to the point where I was drinking literally a bottle of rum every night. And I would sit up till midnight or 1, 1 a.m. in the morning, drink myself to craziness. And I, and I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like I, I, I didn't want to get out of bed. So... I, I, it was usually, I'd wake up at maybe eight or nine, but I'd just pull the covers over my head. I, I would ignore phone calls. It was really dark, very dark time in my life. And I, a, a girlfriend cheated on me. Uh, I felt like my friends were, were ignoring me. I felt like my family were ignoring me. Uh, it, was, it was nasty. It was horrible. I felt very isolated, very alone, very gloomy. And certainly I thought... Um, uh, that it couldn't couldn't get any worse for me. Uh, just uh, everything was just chaos for me, and I did definitely consider going to a doctor uh, to get tablets, depress, depression tablets, and that was certainly on the cards for me. Uh, but I decided that I would reach out initially and talk to my coach. I had a business coach at the time, and share the information with him. And just to see whether I could find some some natural remedies rather than than going straight to the doctor, uh, I was for whatever reason I was against going to the doctor. Uh, maybe it was because I had, I was too pride to admit that I had depression. I, I don't know what it was. So so if you're listening to this again, this is my story. Don't don't take this for gospel. It was just my my journey and um and. I uh, the other thing I'll point out that I was I was never suicidal. I never crossed my mind to become suicidal, but there, I was very dark, very very dark. There's no doubt about it. I felt like I was the world's biggest loser, um, and very very low self esteem, very low confidence. Uh, I could could barely look anyone in the eye. Felt felt terrible. 
So I'm going to share with you five learnings that my coach helped me through. And these weren't all in any specific order or they weren't all in one hit. They were over a period of really three to six months where I uh, rebuilt myself and, and I did snap out of this, this, this dark world into, back into a light world and I've been very, very, very cautious to apply these tools that I'm about to teach you anytime I, st- I feel, get feelings of darkness. And I want to make the point out, I could very easily fall back into that darkness if I allowed myself to go there. Uh, there's a great saying that um, unhappiness is easy, happiness you have to work at. And I think that's a really powerful saying. Uh, unhappiness is easy, happiness you have to work at. I have to really work at my happiness, my positivity. It, uh, it doesn't come easily for me. I work on it and I work on it daily and uh, and I and I have and I go through big periods of, of these dark feelings that overwhelm me, and I want to drop back into my my grief or my sadness, and I want to drop back into the poor me because of my upbringing and and my anger for dad. I, I, sometimes I want to go there, but I have to hold myself accountable to not, if you like, avoiding that victim mentality and pulling myself together, saying no, don't let yourself go there. So you know, it, it's and, and apply these five tools. So. Here we go. Lesson number one. My, the, my coach really challenged me on using the word depression. And if you, if you look at this word depression, I was referring to myself as I've got, I, I looked him in the eyes and I said, I've got depression. And he said, Andrew, what happens to you when you say that word, I've got depression? And I said, well, I just, you know, makes, summarizes what I feel. He said, well, what do you feel? And I said, well, I feel sad and heavy. And he said, well, if you give you if you if you label yourself with the word depression, then you're all of a sudden creating an identity of this dark, gloomy, heavy feeling. It's it's the, the word in itself sounds heavy, it sounds sad, it sounds like I've got this big problem. And he said, as soon as as soon as I, I refer to myself with having depression, it immediately triggers a feeling of heaviness, of sadness. And he went on to share this amazing story with me about a guy that got back from the war and was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And immediately when the doctor diagnosed this, this veteran with PTSD, he immediately had this label on himself and immediately felt that, okay, there's something wrong with me. I've got this label called PTSD. I've got this label called depression. There's something wrong with me. And he shared the story of another guy that got back from the war and went and visited a doctor. And the doctor diagnosed this other war veteran with post-traumatic growth syndrome, PTGS. Now, this is, and I, this is secondhand that I'm sharing this, um, but apparently this is a true story. So this Second war veteran that was feeling terrible, that was feeling lonely, that was feeling awful, the doctor said, look, I want you to think about this being um, a... Excuse me a moment, I've got my dog in the background. Molly? At least she's recovering. (laughs) Dog's going nuts in the background. And the doctor said, I want you to treat this experience rather than treating this like it's stressful. Let's treat this like you're going to grow from this experience. And the war veteran that was diagnosed with this PTGS, growth syndrome, looked at, had a positive spin on it. 
rather than a sad negative spin on it. And my coach helped me look at my sad feelings as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to learn. And this is really powerful because after that time, I looked at my life as crap. I, I didn't really stop to think, maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe, maybe if you are going through a depression at the moment, maybe this is a, a major opportunity for you to get clarity around healing yourself from, 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 from younger trauma. Maybe this is an, a, a positive blessing disguise for you. Maybe just this label of depression is not necessarily true. Maybe this is going to point you into a direction that's going to allow you to come alive. Maybe, maybe this is, is allowing you to put a spotlight on an area in your life where you're not being true to yourself. You see, I had just forgotten to do all the things that I, I love doing, like spending time with my friends. And I, th- I thought in my first three years in business, I had to sacrifice everything. So I sacrificed all the things that I love to do, like go to parties and hang out with friends and um, chill out on weekends. Like I was just, I became a workaholic, right? So I wasn't being true to myself and I didn't realize how much this heaviness was. So how much the, the heavy word of depression caused me to feel flat. And, and, and from that day forward, I decided I'm not going to refer to myself with depression. I'm going to look at this as an opportunity to grow. Okay, That was lesson number one. Lesson number two, and this was a big one for me, because I was taught through my coach that I need to embrace my life for what it is, not what I thought it should be. In fact, my coach said, Andrew, when you can embrace your life for what it is rather than trying to aim for what you think it should be, it will magically become the life that you're chasing so hard for. So what this means, that I was, let's say I was approximately 25 years in age, right? And at this particular stage in my life, I had an expectation that I should be really well off madly in love, you know, everything in my life should be a, a certain way. And I was completely wrong. Not, not only was I $300,000 in debt, I, I just had a girlfriend that had cheated on me. No one, I was unfit, I was drunk, you know, I was, I looked, I don't know, nothing couldn't be, I was the complete opposite to the world that I expected that I should be. And I really learned through coaching again that that um, I wasn't accepting my current reality. I was rejecting my current reality. And, and this just made everything worse for me because I, if I'm not accepting my current reality, I'm wanting somewhere else. I'm, I'm not being present with what's actually going on around me. And so I worked very, very hard on letting go of my expectations. In fact, I had a big moment where I decided that, wow, putting all these expectations that I put on myself just made me feel like crap. And so I just undid them all. And I, it was almost like um, unwrapping, pulling off masking tape around, around myself. I felt so trapped from you should be here or you should be doing this or you should have this in your life or all these stories that I created. And it's that great story, isn't it, that the, the boy stopped complaining about having a good pair of shoes when he met another boy without feet. I sort of realized that I'd, I'd lost gratitude. 
And uh, I actually, my, I went down and sat on the beach for, oh, it, was, it was a full day. And I wrote out all the things in my life that I'm grateful for, including my, my eyes and my legs and my ears. I know it sounds a little bit silly, but I brought myself back to a, a place of gratitude. And it was the first time in three years where I smiled, feeling a feeling of I'm lucky. Um, I'll put a link below this as well that will really uh, – there's a fantastic documentary called Status Anxiety uh, and I really recommend for those of you that are just feeling like you haven't achieved everything that you thought you would by, by your age, um, there's a great documentary that talks about it and, and the big reason is because of society, right? Because society and our peers and everyone says we should be doing this or we should be doing that. And um, I had to go through a, a letting go of finding peace with the fact that things weren't working out in my life. In fact, I got to a point where I actually had to, I laughed at it. Um, I, I just found humor in it and it was like far out. What a, what a funny situation. I've, what a funny hole I dug myself into. Um, I know it doesn't sound funny, uh, but, and it, you know, it's not funny when you've got that much debt and everything's chaos, but I, I found a peace with it. And I think we almost have to find a peace with our current reality in order to, to, to attract the new or the next to come in. Lesson number three, and this was linked with the gratitude, but I, I learned to start giving again because for the last, for the previous three years, I was so caught up in me. Um, depressions are very, oh, oh, and I've got to be careful saying this, but I'll say it anyway. I think you can get really caught up in yourself when you're going through depression. Everything's about me, me, me. I, I became very selfish. I wanted. I thought you know, I need more support, more help, more this, more that. Why aren't more friends ringing me? Why aren't my family ringing me? Why aren't this happening? Why isn't that happening? And I just got so caught up in my own needs that I stopped uh, focusing on others. When I was at school and university, I, I would be always the person ringing my mates saying, how are you going? What are you up to? Or ringing my brothers, how are you going? Is there anything I can do to help you? And I just all that dried up and uh, I, I stopped being selfless, if you like. And, and I just made this very big effort to start giving again and focusing on others. And I found something really interesting when I went out of my way to help others it was an automatic impact on me feeling great as well. So just even writing thank you notes to friends or ringing mum and saying, how are you going, mum? What are you up to? Ringing my grandmother, checking in on family and friends and, and going out of my way to help them made, it, made a, a big difference. Um, lesson number four was I, I slowed down, way down. You see, I'd been going at full throttle for three years. I... I'd had a few holidays, of course, but I, I couldn't stop thinking about work. I worked on weekends. Um, I would have lunch breaks and I would still be thinking about work. It just was, it never stopped. I'd go to bed, I'd think about work, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd think about work. Now, most of this thinking's about lack, you know, all, all, all the it was a huge amount of worrying, but I, it was just so consuming, right? I created all this stress and my system was completely run down. I was totally cooked. And I was advised to go to this um, Ayurvedic retreat in Bali. Uh, again, my coach <laughs> uh, suggested this to me. And he said, look, your system's run down, you're cooked. And he explained it like a car being totally burnt out. Uh, and I was young, right? I was only 25. 
So, but I'd cooked, I'd, I cooked myself. And, 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 and you, can, you can imagine a car that's been full throttle for three years, nonstop, not really stopping to put the right fuel in, not looking after its engine, not oiling itself, um, cooking itself. And, and that was me. And so I went over to this Ayurvedic retreat. I'll put the details um, on our farmownersacademy.com uh, webpage. And uh, it's, it's a strange pr- pronunciation, but it's called Amtastidi. It's an Ayurvedic health retreat. It's an Eastern medicine health retreat where they practice um, oh, really gentle medicine, if you like. But the, the, the gentle medicine is, is diet, looking after yourself from a diet perspective and, and um, providing some really nice herbs, lots of massage. It was like 10 days of uh, rest where I would have three hours of massages a day. I would drink really nice, healthy, clean juices to reset my body. And in addition to that, all I would do is sleep, 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 sleep. I was averaging 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day. I couldn't stop sleeping. And I couldn't believe the impact this had on me. In fact, I came back after that and I was just reset. It was like this new Andrew. I felt like I was 10 years old again. I just had energy and I was excited and I felt playful and I, I was laughing at silly things again. Whereas I, I let go of all this seriousness that I was carrying. Now, during this 10 days, there was no friends around, no family around, no coffee, no alcohol. It was just me working on resetting me. Um, and I've been back to the same place now five times. I, I, I like to go every two years, and, and I'm one of these personality types that burns the candle. It's just how I am. I'm a, I'm a bit of an all-or-nothing person. Um, so I need to do these types of retreats regularly to keep myself um, sane, if you like. And, and it's interesting too, and I'll make this point that so many times I see people thinking they're in depression when the, 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 the reality is they're just exhausted. And this could be you at the moment. You might be just feeling exhausted and you just need to stop and you just need to go and have a break. And you may even need to have a break from your your family. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? If you were to go and take 10 days out and heal yourself and rest, you'll actually come back and be such a better husband or wife and a better parent to your kids and just so much happier to be around. I mean, when I'm tired and grumpy and overwhelmed or too, too stressed, I'm irritable, I'm anxious, you know, I'm grumpy. Um, and and uh, I... I just know that I've got to have these breaks. I've got to have these these sections in my calendar during the year where I have time out. Otherwise, I burn out and I become a pain in the ass and the, the feelings of depression come up in me. So uh, I really advocate rest, stopping. Last but not least, I did do a lot of work on my mindset and we I teach this enormously in our Platinum Mastermind with our coaching clients and I had to change my thinking my stinking thinking from um, focusing on all the things in my life that I didn't want. I was spending so much time worrying about money. I was spending so much time complaining about my life. I was spending so much time in in scarcity. My body was in so much stress, so much fight or flight. I was so panicky because things weren't working out. I was so nervous being this coach and putting myself out there. My confidence was so low. And I just had a deep, un, a deep 
Oh, I didn't like myself. My self-esteem was low. My confidence was low. And I was waiting for some magic fairy to fall out of the sky and magically save me. It just, it just, just didn't happen. I was waiting for my parents to kick in and say, here you go, here's, a, here's some money and this will get you through. But that didn't happen. Nothing. I, I, it was like I had to snap out of, you know what, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Um, no magic person's going to fall out of the sky and save me. I have to save myself. I have to pull, pull myself together. I have to get my shit in order. And I have to work on my mindset. I have to snap out of focusing on life being suckful. And I have to start focusing on the good things in my life. And I have to start focusing on what I want in my life. And I have to start building my self-esteem. I had to do the work. And I worked on myself enormously. I mean, I did a, this, um, I defined a self-esteem booster a hypnotic download, and I listened to it literally every day for 12 months. Like this, uh, it, wouldn't, it, it would have been at least five days a week where I would spend an hour just lying down on the ground. I'd put this hypnotic thing in and it, it would tell me, it was hypno, hypnotic in nature because I, I really understand the power of the subconscious brain and um, I would work on my mindset um, to, to, to heal this. So yeah, there's there's crying baby in the background i just closed the door there so in addition to that i had to pull myself together i had to stop drinking um i was ex i had to you know i didn't want to do it but i got up and exercised every day right i mean these are basic things and these things are very difficult to do when you're feeling depressed you know it's like you got this massive back backpack on all this weight on your back right so if I was to say to a depressed person, get up and exercise, they're going to look at me like I'm an idiot. But I just knew that I had to do these things to get the endorphins running, the serotonin running, the dopamine running in my system to get me just moving again. And I was very blessed, but I, I, I was very lucky. I was very lucky because I um, didn't have to use tablets. And I didn't have to go and see a doctor, and I beat this. And to the point where many, many people would, would regard me now as, as a very positive person, and I think that I've had it's, – it, it's not something that comes overly naturally to me. I've, I've just worked very hard on focusing on being positive, and I prefer to be positive than, than negative. And, and, and these days I can look at something very negative that happens in my life – and uh, focus on, well, what's the positive behind this? What's the goodness that comes behind this? And that, that takes a lot of work, a lot of uh, self-awareness, I guess. And I've, I've got a long way to go, far out. Just ask, ask my wife and she'll tell you. But So I'm, I'm certainly, um, I'm someone that still goes through the blues. I still get them. But I can learn now to rapidly identify what the cause might be and apply one of those five tools that I shared with you, and just to summarise, uh, not stop using the word depression, embracing my life for what it is, starting to give again, slowing down, and maybe going away and having a break, and working on my mindset. I, if I'm going through a bad patch in my life, I'll just catch it and I'll sit down and I'll rewrite out what is it that I want in my life, so I can create a new story to focus on on what it is that I want. So. I hope that you got um, one or two ideas from, from this. And again, I'm, I'm not the expert, but 
one or two things in here may, may or may not assist you. If you think that this is something of value to someone else that you know that might be feeling a bit flat or low, please forward it on. I, but go and seek some help. If you're listening to this and you're really struggling, I had a coach, um, reach out. Reach out and speak to someone. Go and don't don't bottle it up and deal with it on your own. If I tried to bottle it up and deal it on my own, I, I I wouldn't have. I don't know if I would have got through it. I had someone to talk to, someone to guide me, someone to help me through it, and it made a big impact for me. So, thanks for listening, and thank uh, we'll we'll be in touch soon for the next podcast. Until then, take care.